On this episode of the Danger Gnome Podcast, we've got William Martin. He's currently in Nevada and traveling across the lower 48, bikepacking on his fat bike. And we talk to a return guest, Greg Gentle, and he talks about his uh, single speeding, The Crusher. And that's all coming up next. Hey, it is your Tio Gomez, and it's the Danger Gnome Podcast back in summertime and uh, we have a special guest his name is william martin and he is the real adventure seeker on instagram he's here we're going to talk about uh his adventure (laughs) welcome to the show dude well thank you gomez it's a pleasure to meet you and it's a pleasure to be on the podcast well i found out about your quest on the instagram and uh why don't you uh why don't you tell our listener uh, about your uh, your plans to um, to bike pack the lower forty eight on a fat bike? Yes, that's right. Yeah, um, yeah. I did a three thousand mile tour before in the Great Divide mountain bike route. Before that, just fell in love with bike packing all the way around. I have a long uh, distance hiking history, and I just you know transformed that into bike packing and kind of got addicted and decided what's the next biggest thing and the next biggest thing is the 48 and it turns out it wasn't done on a fat bike before so i'm gonna I'm a do it so whose fat bike are you riding what kind what's his name it's a james it's a james roughneck and i call him bob and bob takes me everywhere i want to go he never fails me. bob good thing about a bike named bob she can ride it forwards oh, yeah. and backwards it's, yeah it's pronounced the same <laughs> <laughs> That's yeah, I've been having a good time meeting a lot of great people, um, seeing a lot of great sites along the way, but been very specific about my course, trying to keep the mileage down. I started off with a 12.5 route. Now it's down to probably about nine, I'm hoping. Okay. And are you going across every one of the states? Is that the um, plan, well, or are you no, just riding in every one of the states? Um, or? I'm just riding in every one of them, trying to keep the distance down, because there's a, a very finite window without, you know, uh, it getting downright dangerous. Um, and I, I chase the weather out, and I'm going to have it chase me back in, and hopefully not be stuck into any real severe weather that's going to uh, be a problem. It's not for me to ride in, it's just from uh, around drivers. A lot of this route has been, you know, asphalt, so it, it gets a little risky. Yeah, I hear what you're saying. So, uh, you're in Nevada right now? Yeah, I'm about to hit the Oregon-California uh, border area, and uh, I'll be heading north to uh, Washington after that, and then head back east, yeah. But the, the Oregon-California border in about... Uh, Three, four days will be my halfway point state-wise. And then mileage, I think I'm a little over half. Cool. And when did you start your your quest? I started February, yeah, February 8th out of uh, Harpers Ferry, West Virginia. It's about 60 miles uh, southwest of uh, D.C. And then how did you, did you go down down south then since it, or did you just Yeah, um, I headed um, the day before um, I actually started uh, heading south, I went into Maryland and um, wound up forgetting something at my friend's house, so I had to ride all the way back. And then I chose another route from there because uh, 
yeah, a little bit of a daunting task, those West Virginia mountains. If anybody's been through them, yeah, they'll know what I'm talking about. Yeah, they're hardcore. Yeah, it's no joke. Uh, it's the closest mountains to uh, where I used to live in near Chicago. So, oh, yeah. yeah it's oh, yeah. quite an eye opener for a Midwestern person. <laughs> where do you, oh, yeah. Where do you hail from? Where Where did you? Well, I was I was born in uh, Tarpon Springs, Florida, but um, I spent about you know better part of uh, a decade or so in uh, the Florida Keys. Oh, right. On. Yeah, um, yeah. I spent a lot of time on the water. Uh, I'm a dive professional. I do a lot of uh, different work in the water. So, yeah, R- wrestling tarpon and reeling in gators. I, I got that backwards. <laughs> <laughs> Milk and cotton mouse, and uh, that's, I'm thinking more of the glades, probably more than the keys. Yeah. The keys, that's like Flipper. How old are you? <laughs> do, do you relate to to the TV show Flipper? Yes, I do. I'm actually I turned 54 uh, June 4th out here. Uh, All right, on. And, so uh, you probably um, you probably were the kid from Flipper. <laughs> yeah, I wish. I wish it was my little brother instead of a dolphin. So it, it, uh, <laughs> it was a different little. Did you have your own skiff though? That was. Uh, yeah, the the skiffs are great, uh, especially you know you know you're riding around the shadows. They're they're the important part. That's awesome. So uh, yeah. going to Washington, gonna get to uh, anywhere near the coast in Oregon or Washington? Um, I may, um, I did meet a couple along the route. I meet a lot of people and, uh, they've opened their home to me, but as long as it's not too far out of the way, um, yeah, I'm kind of pretty strict on my schedule trying to, I mean, I helped a, an elderly couple along the way and spent two or three weeks with them and helped them with some properties. And I've tried to pay it forward as best I can, but you know, I'm, I'm really paying attention to the overall task of not getting stuck in ice. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it's just not a not a good idea, and I want to have this uh, wrapped up. It's just a smart thing to do, I think. Yeah. So, from Washington, where do you go? Then across. Well, what, across what the I'm, northern what border. I'm, well, what I'm going to do is um, so when I when I head back across the northern park, I'll I'll get to the eastern North Dakota area, and there's like six states that straddle a downward motion. Mm-hmm. I'll cross into each of those. Um, head over into Dubuque. Uh, Dubuque, I'll go up into Michigan, down to Cincinnati, cross over and ride into Kentucky. Um, I'll probably find a place to be boxing up Bob, and then I'll go up to Maine and then ride south from there, mm-hmm. um, because I'll be continuing on beyond the 48. Um, but as far as uh, the goal of the 48, um, it'll be done. But gotcha. um, I'll be continuing forward, right? Do you know what's next, or or do you want to say? Um, do you want to... Uh, not Leave really for- sure. I got a <laughs> got a couple things of mine. I was thinking about the the Hurricane uh, Five Hundred down in Florida, maybe, or just maybe I'll ride back out to Utah. There's so much in you you know, Utah. I want to see, and and what I didn't irks me. So it's going to be really good to be bikepacking the Southwest and not have the, yeah. the long mileage, and I could take my time and enjoy it. Utah's so gorgeous. Oh, it's so it's so it just gives and gives and gives. It's the, the I think it's kind of the mythical spot for me is Hurricane um, Gooseberry Mesa because I only mm-hmm. got to go there once. 
I've been the I've mm-hmm. been to Moab and and uh, up by Vernal a couple of times, but yeah. that place, oh, I had a I had a sunset ride on Gooseberry Mesa that was just like phew, still pretty. Oh, I thought that was thrilling. There's just so much that I couldn't partake in. It would, t- I mean, I would, I'd be stuck. Um, and uh, and, and I just I, I feel bad about a few places. I mean, I've done a long lot of uh, hiking and I walked across America and kayaked in Mississippi and did things like that. And I saw a lot of places. But these places, uh, they have escaped me for a long time, and there's just so much to see. I just, I'm going to require a lot of time. Nice. Well, we wish you a lot of luck, and uh, maybe we'll talk to you again when you complete this bad boy. All right, fantastic. It shouldn't be a problem as long as Bob holds out and I hold out physically. I think it shouldn't be a problem at all. It's a matter of time. and uh, Yeah, it's going great. Yeah, thanks for having me on the show. Not a problem. Thanks for being on and uh, follow the real adventure seeker on Instagram to follow what uh, William and Bob are up to. Yeah, absolutely. I got my uh, YouTube channel in the header. If you want something a little more in depth, uh, we got a little something for everybody. Oh yeah, that's right. That's right. I see that. Right on Bob or right on William. I'm not talking to Bob. Bob can't talk. talk. He's more famous than I am anyway. (laughs) All right. Well, thanks for having me on the show. All right. Well, take care. Thanks. All right, everybody. Have a great adventure. Bye-bye. Hey, it is Uncle Gomez and it is the Danger Gnome. We've got one of our special, special uh, amigos and, uh, uh, keeper of, of all the good things, Mr. Greg Gentle is with us. Hey, Greg. How you doing, Gomez? Thanks for having me on. Always a pleasure. Always a pleasure. So, Greg, you just finished The Crusher, man. Uh, yeah. Not, I, not I, just. I, I mean, you I, didn't just hop off the bike, but... Like last week, right? It, it was a week and a half ago, and I tell you, I needed I needed all of that time to recover. I tried to do a, a little recovery ride commute to work on, I think Monday after that Saturday, and I was like, I don't think I need to do that again until the end of the week. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, two hundred plus miles, right? Yeah, for the uninitiated. Um, the Crusher is one of the 906 Adventure Club projects up in the beautiful uh, upper peninsula of Michigan. And there's three different, uh, actually more than three, there's multiple formats to the Crusher. And there's a bike and there's a run. I don't have anything to do with the run. Those guys can have that. I'll, I'll do all the bike stuff all day. I'm not a runner. But the the bike format has two structures to it. One is the mass start, which is a, made its triumphant return after uh, a couple of you know, challenging years with COVID. I think they did one last year. I didn't attend, but this year they, they got the whole crew back. They got the band back together. Um, I think there was about 300 people that lined up for uh, the different events. There was maybe 90, 90 plus in each class. There was a 40 mile a 100 mile and the 175. And I'm going to put some air quotes around all of those numbers because Todd is notorious for, uh, he's a liar. I'm just going to call it out. He's a liar. That guy, I love him, but he's a liar. I just have one thing <laughs> yeah, to say so about he's, Todd. He's handsome. 
That's all. Oh, he's a good-looking liar. <laughs> <laughs> no, he's a good-looking guy, and he's also uh, he puts on great events, and he he, uh, he 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 puts he puts situations together so people can really explore the edges of what they're comfortable doing on a bike. And that's what I like about them. They're, they're really hard. They're really challenging. And when you finish these things, if you're lucky enough to finish it and you get that uh, notorious green dot next to your name, you don't want the red dot. That means you've got unfinished business and you need to come back and try it another day. When you get the green dot, you really, you really feel good about it. And I have been lucky enough to green dot them each time I've tried it. This is my third go. The first year was a point to point from Copper Harbor to Marquette. The next time I did it was in 2019 or 20. And that was the first year of COVID. And they did an EX format. And the EX means you get to do the course whenever you want between, I think, July 1st and end of October. Mm-hmm. So each format has its challenges and experiences. Um, the EX was really fun. I'd do that again, but because the mass start was offered again this year and I had a group of guys that I was really excited to ride with and do this together, we didn't treat it as a race. We treated it as a, as a bro ride, a group ride. And we had four, uh, four great strong riders and, lined up at 5.30 in the morning on our single speeds, and off we went. Wait, so you did this on a single speed? I did. Wow. And did yeah, you, my, did you which, which bike did you, did you ride? <laughs> I was going to say my, my weapon of choice uh, this year was a titanium Esker K-Duke. Oh, wow. It's got a 27.5 wheel. I geared at 32.16, so just a one-by-one, straight-up. Uh, associate bags from Sidero to carry all my goodies and uh, meals. There was no advertised pit stops. There was fortunate to have some trail angels out there to help us out with some desperately needed coke. Uh, this one guy was grilling cheeseburgers. I'm like, hey, man, I'll have one of those. <laughs> At about 170, I grabbed a cheeseburger that was offered. Um, but other than that, you were expected to carry everything you needed for 200-plus miles and 20 potential hours out on the bike. You could forage, though, if you wanted, right? You could... Oh heck yeah! You, you can know, throw rocks at squirrels. <laughs> you can you can peg a you can peg a squirrel on the run if you know if you got the skills. <laughs> nice. So, <clears throat> excuse me. How long did that take you? Um, I think our runtime was just about fifteen and a half hours. Mm-hmm. We averaged almost fourteen, like about fourteen miles an hour, and. Our total time was about 17 for, gotcha. you know, throwing in pit stops and party on breaks and all that good so, stuff. So, yeah, you didn't you didn't stop and get a facial or, or a massage at any point. Well, the Manny Petty tent was closed when we <laughs> rolled through. Um, I would have jumped in on that. I didn't want some special treatment when you're out there. Yeah, I saw the pictures. <laughs> you you looked you looked happy the whole time. How now you know, how do you how do you approach a, a ride like that? Like do you do you think of it as the number of hours or do you yeah. cuz I've seen or I've I've listened to 
lots of different creative ways that folks like get their mind right behind the efforts these these unbelievable efforts so tell me tell me how you approached it um i start with kind of like the mindset that i'm just going to finish this mm-hmm. and i know i've done this stuff long enough i know what my body's capable of i know where my mind's going to start to wander and question things and i'm i'm fortunate like i've never and these kinds of things, I've, I've never had that kind of dark, dark place where you're like, oh, God, what the heck am I doing here? I just stupid, throw your bike on the ground and God. <laughs> and I, I've seen those tantrums. I have I've witnessed it, and I don't know how I keep myself out of there, but I've, I managed to just keep keep it positive. Um, one of my teammates this year was undercaloried at about 140 miles in. He he was taking some medication. So he was thinking more about, you know, what he needed to do to take care of that instead of the calories that should be consumed. And he just went down. Yeah. Like he just like off the bike, walked, walking, just, I can only walk now. So we stopped to walk with him. You know, it's like we made a commitment to each other that we were going to finish this together. So he was kind of getting frustrated with us that we wouldn't just leave him. <laughs> <laughs> I've been there. Yeah, they just leave me alone. I just want to be alone in my misery. Leave me alone. I'm tired and hungry, and you guys just want to go. And I feel like the anchor, and it's a terrible place to be. And it compounds. It like mentally, it compounds the physical inability that you're having to turn the pedals. And then you got your buddies. They're like, they're smiling. Like, come on, dude, you got this. And like, fuck you, get away from me. Never ceases to amaze me when I get a little bit under under sugared, like how instantly your body just is like all of a sudden you're back at that eighty eighty eight cadence and zip it along when before you were like, uh, I can barely push these pedals. It's crazy. We're we're curious primates. That's what I like to say. Yeah. Well, speaking of like mind wandering today. I'm out on my normal gravel ride, which you don't have to think about. It's straight rail trail gravel. Holy crap, there was a tra- tree across the trail that, I don't know, my proximity alarms went off just in time. Like, literally locked up both wheels and and into the outer branches where my front tire hit the main trunk just as I stopped. <laughs> Like, oh, first perfect though. I'm like, Ooh, <laughs> pay attention. So yeah, that's yeah. that's probably why I, I shouldn't do races that go after dark. <laughs> well, we we finished oh, yeah. just before dark, so yeah. we you know we brought we brought lights and had all of that stuff because you know you get your checklist of things that. The first year they did the point to point. I'm gonna interrupt myself. The first year they did the point to point. You had to show that you had three thousand calories, six thousand calories. You you had to should demonstrate your your medical kit, your uh, snorkel. Sure, yeah. That was kind of the funny funny things that he had the list just to make you wonder what the hell I need that for. And but if you didn't have it, they wouldn't let you go out. So it's <laughs> crazy. I think they they figured out that that was a little too much. Uh, it was too much man hour to, to do all the checkoffs with everybody. And I think now it's just, this is the list. Now, if you choose not to carry all the things on this list, 
that's on you. Because <laughs> if you don't have an emergency blanket and it's 2 a.m. and the storm opens up on your head and you're in the I promise you, nowhere, <laughs> you're going to want some protection and cover. If you didn't bring a rain jacket, you're in trouble. You know, if you didn't have a tube, you're in trouble. You know, you just, you got to bring the stuff that's on the list. So if you, if you, if you don't have lights, you're in trouble. So we were lucky. We all had our lights and we were fortunate enough to keep the pace that rolled us in about 10, 10, 15. Keep in mind, we're up in the UP, so it's a different time, uh, time change when you get over by Marquette. So later, later. And, uh, you know, by 10 o'clock, there's still daylight and by 10, 15 or getting to the finish line and enjoying a delicious shot of whiskey and grilled cheese sandwiches upon arrival and a high five from Todd. Mm, whiskey and grilled cheese sandwiches. I bet you they taste just unbelievable, though, after that kind of effort. After eating, yeah. after eating bars all day or whatever. Oh, bars and goos. I'm like, when I saw that cheeseburger at 150 or 160, I was like, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. This is like, this is going to be a game changer right there. It's normally on, <laughs> on, on long loaded rides. Quick trip is, is like the oasis of calories that I go to yeah. or, or a Casey's. I mean, like. Yeah, I was going to say, if you're doing Trans-Iowa, it's the Casey's. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, and they even have like good stuff for for me to eat, you know. Like, and I'm I have to stay away from the sugar, right? It's like, yeah, hmm. sugar's bad, you know. But the salty stuff, you know, you can. They have all that nuts and trail mix and and yeah, <laughs> sandwiches with no bread, like literally, right? It's, they have they have these things called perfect bars that have some sugar in there, but man, it's like. Dense clay, dense wet clay calories that taste like uh, cookie dough a little. So, you know, it's good. Gets you there. Gets you to the finish line, though. Yeah. Right? So, uh, congratulations on finishing. Three Thank for you. three. It was three for three so far. Have you, ever done, have you ever done Margie, another? Yep. Um, three for three on that one, too. I, I was uh, I was on a buckle pace one year. I was riding. I, I really targeted. I I'm, I'm not like super elite racer guy, but I can I can do you know do all right. And I, first year, a friend of mine came back and he's like, "Dude, you got to do this race. You can, like totally get a buckle if you do it under twelve hours." I'm like, "You can totally do it. I know you can do it." So I so I like got all geared up, fired up, and uh, went for it that that year in 2018 mm-hmm. and he changed, changed the course because that's what he does. Made it harder because that's what he does. He's like, ah, oh, geez, I got wrong too many buckles last year. We're going to have to fix that. <laughs> <laughs> so I missed it by about 40 minutes. Oh. So I came back the next year and I missed it by 30 minutes. And I like, after that, I'm just like, you know, I don't see what part of my life that I'm going to change to shave off this time so i'm just gonna ride it for fun in the future and that's what i did in the third year i haven't been back and that was like 2021 or 2020 and that's but it's it's really really hard oh god it's so hard (laughs) that is one of the races where i'm kind of like what am i doing here yeah you know it's dark and the last the last 15 miles are like oh i'm so close i'm almost there 
but it's the 15 hardest miles of the whole race <laughs> and it's in the dark, you know, and you're just smoke, you know, you're exhausted. It's, you know, you're, you think you're on, you're on a, a target to finish at this particular time and nope. <laughs> so did Todd Again, I, uh, have his made, made up, made UP, um, uh, bike there? Did you happen to see that? Lake Effect? I did yeah, see the Lake Effect. That yeah, bike was hanging it. out there. He did the 40 with his with his son that morning. Um, mm. So I got to check the bike out a little bit. But yeah, I was not in like a frame of mind to give it, uh, give it a rip. Or, those those chain know. stays are worth a close look. I bet. <laughs> there's there's some crazy stuff up. going on there that yeah. seemingly works. You got to go up and ride it. You got yeah. to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Check it out. So, dude, there's some stuff going on in the old, uh, in the, like QBP is going through a big reorganization of their of their management hierarchy. Oh, is that right? Yeah, you're in the you're in the inner circle on these things. Um, got all the dirt. The uh, like Surly doesn't have a have a brand manager any longer. Hmm. So, big changes going on there at the Q. Big, but big you know changes. we don't know what that's going to do, but man, as a as a fan of of their brands, it's like, oh, yeah. So, Kid Reamer's still going to be at the helm of salsa. And yeah, all that, that stuff, I hope that I haven't heard anything different in salsa, and salsa's website mm-hmm. still has the, all of their full roster up. So I can't see where they would be doing doing poorly that company they seem to sell mm-hmm. out of everything that they have available people love those right. bikes and they make good stuff they do so um, they do very popular the stuff other thing that happened is borealis fat bikes bought mm-hmm. terrine tires i know which really from the industry standpoint is like wow what does that do because Tureen had a has a big share of the original equipment market for any kind of not a Trek, not a specialized, not yeah. a Q bike, right? I mean, if you're a QBP bike, you could get you know they have brands, they they have their own tires. You could put Surly or Forty Five North tire or Tureen tires on there. Um, Bontrager well, makes their own brand of tires, specialized yeah. as well. But every mm-hmm. other bike maker is now. St- down to Maxis Kenda, the Schwalbe for Euro yeah. brands, and mm-hmm. what happens to all? Of, what happens to all those bikes? Like the 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 fifty. Hopefully, they got their tires in stock for the uh, fifty Moots uh, foragers. Yeah, they show it with with Tureen tires. Well, even uh, I've I've. I'm fortunate to have some connections with the Tureen crew and was Esker because they were, they were a married brand, if you will. Right. Right. And, and the, the insider story that I got was that the the brand was being sold off. He wouldn't tell me who I kind of just deducted and figured it. And I was right. But he, they were saying that it was time to just focus on their bike. And that was really the goal from day one of starting the tire company. That was the prelude 
mm-hmm. to having a bike company. Right, because uh, you have to get tires from somebody. And I think well, there was a... Well, you need to get tires from somebody, and they also wanted to just really, you know, they, they came from Q, a lot of those guys, right. and they knew they knew channels, they knew supply chains, they knew, you know, where to get stuff done, but they still hadn't done it. So he started with a tire company to really learn the production and distribution side, and that was kind of the the launch pad for Esker and getting the bikes, as this, as this was told to me a couple of years ago, that the goal was to, to have this bike company and learn how to do it through uh, tires first. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. Learn the bike, the bike, the bike does more so than what they already knew. And they knew a lot. I just guys. think it's, it's, if I were any of these other brands, if I were Rocky Mountain or, or, mm-hmm. or, uh, Oh, any number of other, or Corvus cycles or Jameis or I would be like, oh, dude, I I need to make sure that I can still get tires. Which, how do you make sure you can get anything these days? But and and when I uh, put the notice out about that new Schwalbe tire, a lot of people were like, oh, we need this tire, we need that tire, and I was like, yeah. well. I always knew that because my own experience, 27.5 tires, very difficult to get at your your hands on and buy. Um, you can look at pictures on the internet all night long, but buy actual tires, inventory is super tight on that stuff. Um, oh, yeah. But I had always assumed that 26-inch tires, that they were gobs of them out there, uh, Mainly because I have lots of them sitting around from old tests and and ten years or twelve years of fat biking, right? Um, and yeah. I just assume that everybody else has, you know, gobs and gobs nope. of tires. <laughs> <laughs> I assumed everyone had at least two Larrys and two Endos sitting at home <laughs> at their disposal at all times, right? Yeah, because Endo's or Endo and Larry is still a great beach tire, especially on hundred millimeter rims, just fat and smooth. Yeah, but uh, yeah, I, it, it's an interesting thing. So uh, we'll, we'll have to it's see. A, we'll have to see how thing. how it's all managed. And man, like there was the the Tureen Yippie Kaye, which was developed just for Corvus cycles, and they were supposed to have an OE exclusive on that tire. And it's like, hmm, is that going to be, is that all change <laughs> now? Because now it's owned by well, a different bike company who could be like, eh, I don't want to sell tires to my competition, so I'm just going to sell them mm-hmm. to these guys or that guy. You know, it's like, wow, yikes. Opportunity for Maxxis, uh, though, because Maxxis is still making fat bike tires. So, and Kenda. Well, I think it would be good for for Turin to continue to service the, the brands that they're working with. I mean, that's it. I, that, that, would, that would be my suggestion. <laughs> yeah, what do I, I would think so. Honoring those, those become that independent manufacturer, you know, not... If you're not Trek specialized or Q, whatever you call that that group of fat bike makers, it's like form your own syndicate of independent V 
at bike manufacturers and which is that's kind of what Turin had become is the OE for those guys, right? But now it's owned by only one of those bike companies, which makes me think, hmm, those other companies, are they safe? Question mark. The answer will be, you know, we'll, we'll see how many yeah, bikes are be, coming with those stars, Right. To be revealed. Well, that's the big news that I had. That's the news on the street. That's good stuff. And it's, it's summertime. I, I did not know about the Q stuff. So that was, uh, that was, that, that's, that's, that's I, that I just found out about and it's like, hmm, well, so is, does that mean that the, that the, uh, huge glut of business that the bicycle industry has, has been through since COVID, does that mean that it's over? Does that mean like they're thinking that the future is more austere? Uh, Well, yeah, maybe they're just thinking like, you know, we can't, maybe they just can't maintain at that same level of production because of the quantities and ability to access the product that they need for builds. Right, it's so crazy. It's an unenviable position to be a bicycle company right now because you have so much demand you the have, demand is higher than ever. <laughs> you have the ability to design and manufacture unbelievable quality stuff these days, but mm-hmm. you can't get it done. You can't get it here. It's like you know, we, they need to put a time out and say, okay, stop buying stuff for however long it takes to catch up and then reopen their stores or something. That would never work because right. they'd have to they'd go out of business in that time or something. But, you know. Not happening. It's a, it's an unenviable position. In the meantime, you know, like our readers are so hungry for new stuff. It's, and uh, me included. You know, I'm I'm a fan of new stuff. <laughs> when I saw that, when I saw that new Schwalbe uh, Almighty tire, I was just like, Oh my God, a new tire! Who cares if it's only twenty six? Twenty six people need, you know, like twenty six is not dead for fat bikes either. You you ride twenty six inch wheels. I do. There's I, absolutely I, no reason to go out of your way to upgrade to nope. that new size. I'm telling mm-hmm. you. Um, if your new bike comes with that size, I also okay, would great. be like, all right, cool. You know, yeah, you're gonna have cool. to just understand if you make that decision. All those old tires. <laughs> those 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 two point three Larrys and Endos that are in your basement aren't gonna fit. Yeah. I mean, they're not gonna. Yeah. They're, you're gonna have to. You're gonna have to sell those on the eBay or or make a, yeah. make a wreath out of them or something. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Lawn ornaments. But yeah, what else you got going? Did you just did this? Your, well, is that the event uh, of your summer, or what else? What else you got cooking? No, I've got a, uh, I've got some other stuff coming up. Single Speed USA. Oh, of course. I'm I'll going there too. You there? Yeah. Oh, I know, I know. I'll be seeing you there. So I'll, I'll have the Oscar. The Hey Duke will be in effect. Um, there might be some sparkly new high rise 
titanium handlebars. Dude, on I bike. think those are waiting for you at your doorstep right today. I'm, I'm like at the end of my driveway right now. They might be just waiting for my hot little <laughs> You have a live, live opening. You're like, booster to the ball. Yeah. Uh, that's funny. Uh, yeah, because yeah, they should be they should be here today. Um, also, kind of new and exciting is a an, uh, a mountain rack from I think it's Old Man oh, Mountain. Old Man, look it up before you say it. <laughs> old Man Mountain. I, they sent me their uh, their new rack, and I've I I almost had all of the bits. This is a pre a pre release. So it hasn't hit the market yet. Um, I was going to crush on it. I was going to oh, cool. set it up and, and do the crusher with it. But there, uh, I I was missing a couple of the stays. They they didn't get all the parts shipped with it that I needed, and there wasn't enough time to to scramble and get them in time. They showed up the day I was leaving. I'm like, you know, I just don't think I want to test out something under these circumstances where I'll be in the middle of the wilderness and things go sideways because the bolt wasn't the right size or something. I just thought I'd wait and do it safely. So that's going to go on this weekend and I'm going to do an overnight up on the St. Croix. There's some beautiful campsites about 45, 50 miles north of here. So it'd be perfect. Just get up in the morning and take a cruise and spend the night and check it out. Nice. Yeah, Old End Mountain Racks. They uh, they had a new front rack at Seattle that looked really interesting. And last winter, uh, we tested one of their racks that uses pucks to attach. I'll be putting it on the yep. new uh, the new Fazari King's Peak that I'm closing my uh, getting to the end of my demo on that bike and be writing the review on that guy mm-hmm. after I take it bike packing again with uh, with that rack on there. It's going to be this weekend yep. for the uh, uh, to checking out the route for the Summer Squatch Festival. Then I'll have a Ooh, overnight yeah. for Labor Day weekend. Cool. So, so that, that this one's called the Elkhorn. I wanted to look that up. The so Elkhorn rack. Yeah, that's 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 the rack that that's, they had at Seattle. Probably what you thought. Uh, and they were super cool. They're like, "What bike are you going to put this on?" I'm like, "Well, I got some options. I've got an Esker Hayduke, and I'm just receiving an Esker Rowell." Or 150, 140, 29er mid travel. Uh, right. So they sent me all of the Robert Axel project axles for that plan. Uh, the NV fork that I'm swapping back and forth. So I've got all kinds of bikes that I can try this out on. I'm really excited to check it out. Cool. Yeah. And that, that, mm-hmm. that rack works on a suspension fork. So yes, it does. All right. And we'll look forward to that. And yep. uh, In, incoming, <laughs> <laughs> and see, we we didn't even talk about apparel, and yeah, well, I got a um, there's a there's a new a new jacket from Showers Pass that just landed, the Elite. So I'll be checking that one out coming up here shortly. So um, we're we're both owners of the finest breathable, waterproof shells. Uh-huh. everything, right? And I was thinking about this the other yeah. day because I went out and it was the tail of an of a rainstorm, but I knew I was going to get rained on, and I was like, man, who cares, right? And I thought yeah, to thought, I, got the I, I thought to myself, <laughs> I wonder how many people have these clothes and yet 
avoid because most riders will not go out if it's going to rain. Do it. If if there's nope. a chance that they're going to get sprinkled on, you know, not happening for them. And yet, I Ew. bet you all of them <laughs> own a baller rain jacket. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Those are they're the thoughts that you know, like that, that, that a grouchy old guy have during his rides. Yeah, I I like those not just for the rainy days, but kind of those shoulder season where it's you know maybe March or you know early December, and um, you know you just want to get out there, and it's just kind of cold and nasty and a little windy, and it might be a little flurry going, and that. Awesome jackets for that stuff too. Yeah, especially the, the newest generation of breathable fabrics are so cool. Not cool like uh, Fonzie cool, but they just keep yeah. you feeling not hot, mm-hmm. not warm. Kind of coolish. Um, kind of cool. <laughs> that uh, it really does take the chill off, but not make you sweat which has always been the problem with any kind of shell for me uh, before that. And um, we're talking Gore-Tex shells, but that's eight years before shells really upped the breathability. And now with Infinium, not 100% waterproof, but 100% windproof and incredibly breathable. It's just like, "Hmm." Yeah. Yeah, and, you know, for for most of us, you're not out there for, you know, six to seven hours or more right. in the rain, in the wet. You know, if you can, if you can just get some cover for an hour and a half to two hours and make it home, you're, you're good. You don't need that whole, you know, scoop of suit. <laughs> right. <laughs> you just need something to keep your, keep your corner dry. All right. You're turning into Satan, man. <laughs> you're, mm-hmm. Your signal's getting garbled. I think we have to say goodbye now. All right, Dater. We'll see you later. Peace out. Thanks for being on the show. See you later. Right. Cool.